Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today, you'll be listening to myself, Mark Hirons, and Matthew Cladwell. Matthew is the creator of the Instagram page, One Shilling. One of my favourite Instagram pages of all time, and it basically just showcases all of the best football programme designs. And on the show, we talk all about that. We talk about why One Shilling was founded, why it was made, and we talk through loads and loads of old programmes. And the covers like these, like these beautiful little things here, uh, we go through them all on the show. So if that's something you're interested in or you want to learn more about, listen up and it's going to be a good episode. This is something that we're both really, really passionate about, design football and, and football culture and how programme designs have changed. This is an episode of the podcast where you'll probably enjoy it more if you're watching along to the YouTube version. Just because we're showing the camera a lot of programmes and I am trying to describe it over, over audio, but it probably is best if you go and watch it on YouTube. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we did recording it. This show is brought to you by Design Cuts and the referral link is down in the description if you want to help out the podcast while getting some really good graphic design resources that help you improve your work. And if you're enjoying this podcast whilst listening to it, please do take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories and tag us at Creative Waffle. Let's get into the show. That's it. Listen up, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Number two, episode, try, we're trying again. This, we, I'm going to be honest, we have, uh, we have tried this, but the Wi-Fi did cut out. But it's now, it's a lot crisper, which is great. We're back, we're on 4G. Can't wait till 5G comes. Uh, <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But yeah, how are you? And yeah, who are you? What do you do? Uh, and how did you find football? Uh, does our program design it and, and design in general? Yeah. Um, so yeah, my name is Matt. I'm a graphic designer. I work at a studio called GBH. Um, we're based in West London. And I... I am a long-term Aston Villa fan. Um, I was born into Aston Villa. Um, it's very much that you have to be born into, especially watching Villa in my era isn't an era where you're just going to be instantly glued to the game. You have to be brought into it by someone who saw them win the European Cup, which is my dad. Um, so that's how I'm, I'm so into football. Um, he's had a season ticket for 50 years this year, which is insane. That's amazing. Um, and ever since I was about six, I've had a season ticket until went off to uni, um, which meant I couldn't go regularly, um, especially with where I was at uni. I was down in Falmouth. <laughs> yeah, let's talk, talk about that. Um, we do... <laughs> it feels so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. Um, so how, how was uni at Falmouth? Because I've got a friend down there. Uh, shout out to Sam Cornwall, if you're listening. I'll, I'll probably share it with him. But, uh, what Sam, was, uh... Sam Cornwall, uni in Cornwall. That's it. That's it. And now I know it's from. I didn't know that with doing it the first time. I actually know it's in Cornwall now. So that's good. Um, but yeah, how, <laughs> yeah, I've made the joke. That's what you're saying. Yeah, you made the joke. It's for me, but people didn't know that. So it's a good joke. Uh, but yeah, how? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so how was Falmouth University, and um, and what's it like down there? Falmouth's an amazing place to study. As you probably know, there's very few football teams in Cornwall. Um, so for that period of my life, I kind of put it on standby, um, supporting football and watching it. Although I did go and watch Truro once. Um, amazing game. Uh, yeah, Falmouth's an amazing place to go to uni. You, you had an amazing group of friends there. The course is a super, super strong course. Um, everyone feels like they're, they're going to change the world on it. And it's a, it's a really good kind of place to be in. A really good vibe around the town. Um, it's, it's one of those towns that, it's, it's a uni experience like no other in respect that when you're down there, you almost feel like you're on holiday, which makes you sound really bad because it was full work, uni, uni fees, which I'm still paying off and will be until I'm 80. Um, 
but it was like a holiday in, in the fact that you're by the sea like my campus was only five minutes from the beach nice. um which it doesn't really get much better than that so as soon as there's sand in your laptop you know you're doing okay um and the, of course the course is the course is amazing there um really great tutors and in fact one of the tutors there was the person who inspired me to do design in the first place didn't know what i wanted to do um and then went on an open day down to Falmouth to go on the advertising uh on the advertising um course tour didn't really fancy it then my dad had booked me in for the graphic design tour and i loved it and i was like this is what i want to do the rest of my life and here i am now talking about football programs with you in london yeah it's crazy that's crazy that's the transition um from down south to to london and uh, and from up north as well like from, from sort of midlands area birmingham uh, aston villa fan and uh, so your dad's got a 50 years season ticket holder so he's obviously seen some designs he's seen some programs gone through a bit of change in his life he's seen some programs in his day yeah for sure <laughs> um yeah i think his first game was in 1969 he went with his friends and ever since then he's been hooked so yeah 50 season 50 seasons he's been going this year which is an amazing feat really <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh do, so, so tell me about one shilling and how you got into into that from a kid and and sort of when you first found football programs design well obviously i knew that my dad had this incredible stash of football programs and it wasn't actually until just over a year ago that i was at home over christmas and was twiddling my thumbs as a lot of a lot of designers probably do when they have too much downtime um and I came across my dad's football collection. Um, I say come across it, you can't miss it. It's, it's everywhere. Um, it's in his study, which is basically a room where um, he, he stores all his programs and books his next ticket, his, his next season tickets. Um, he's, got a, he's got a wall, basically, full of Aston Villa programs, all dating back to that era. Um, home a lot of the aways and a lot of random ones in between which made looking through them even more enjoyable um every season seems to be completely full so if he'd ever missed a game which was incredibly rare he doesn't miss it for anything not even weddings um shouldn't wow. say that but true <laughs> he does he he's missed a couple just for you know maybe like a child's wedding is quite important <laughs> one of his weddings, he probably wouldn't miss it for that um how about uh, Boxing Day? Does he miss yeah, Boxing Day games? And always uh, make sure that he gets the programme for that game, even if, he's, even if he's missed it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. What, what about Boxing Days? Did he go to Boxing Day games? Oh, yeah, for sure. Season ticket. Season ticket. You rest for, you rest for nothing. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, that, that's... I was talking to you before um, you started recording about the, the Swansea game, which you were, which you were proudly visited. Yeah. Well, yeah, we hang on a minute. We played you twice, didn't we? So the one that I went to was in the FA Cup, which was uh, just after the new year. And we played you on Boxing Day as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we lost that one, didn't we? 1-0. I think it, I think it's balanced out, especially after the one that you went to. Uh, you beat us 3-0, but we will not have to talk about that much. I mean, that was one of the games where uh, it was my mum's birthday and my dad may have dragged her, may or may not have dragged her to the game to watch Villa lose 3-0 on her birthday in a cup match against Swansea and it was absolutely pissing it down with rain probably being Birmingham. It was, it was, yeah, almost, yeah. Um, Slowly my mum is becoming a Villa fan too. In fact, she is one of the loudest people in the area that we see. It's quite embarrassing going with her. 
She wouldn't like me saying that, but it's true. I remember getting embarrassed when I was a kid by uh, people shouting, especially my dad. Um, I used to think, I think of myself now as an old granny at a football game, to sit there, be quiet. Now it's completely different. Now I'm joining in, but when I was younger, I used to be like an old granny, just sit there almost knitting, just looking at the game. <laughs> you cover yourself in a nice blanket. I always had a scarf. I always had like a, a good scarf. <laughs> it's those things, isn't it? Like football programmes and, and ticket stubs and, and, ma- and not match day scarves because I'm not, I'm not a lover of half and half scarves, but uh, I think for certain games, certain games maybe it depends what game it is. But um, like World Cup games, I think World Cup games in another country potentially. But mm-hmm. uh, you have to draw the line somewhere, like like a like a Liverpool, that's a Swansea league game, or like a, a <laughs> like a just normal. Quite team. deserve it. Yeah, and like a normal league game now, and uh, from the European. Swansea Day, um, sort of. When was it? 2013. I've got a Napoli versus Swansea half and half scarf. And to be fair, I, I was a kid. Um, I look back now, thinking, okay, that was very good memento, uh, memento from from the game. But I, yeah, I'd probably look like a bit of a tit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the half and half kits you have to worry about. Yeah, yeah it's when you see, it's when you see somebody's middle age and they're going to a game and they've just bought a half and half. You're like, why are you really here? What's going on? I, I also see a lot of tourists do that as well, though. To be fair, like if, if they're from another country and they only get to go one game every five years or whatever, uh, I think that's the that's the real market for us half and half scout sellers. Yeah, I mean, what I would say is pick pick a team and it probably won't be too much worse than. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so football programs. Like I, I remember having the same thing as you. Like my dad had a collection. I still had a collection. They weren't in program covers. They weren't nicely, neatly on the wall and everything. Um, but Subutio as well. Then, and, and I used to be let on let on the Subutio. This is actual proper Subutio, like seventy Subutio, where it's not not cardboard players, but it was actually physical, uh, real deal, real plastic. Yeah, like vintage ones. And they're on the last legs anyway because it was two thousands and they lasted thirty years. I still had them, and you flick them, and then the player would fall off, <laughs> and that ankles would snap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we've got some good stuff. Trusting you, then playing with them. Yeah, I even took it into school once, and probably lost a few there as well. <laughs> no, got like half, got half the teams. I've only just been allowed um, allowed access to his collection, so I, I I kind of thank him for it. Looking how beautiful, how looking at how they how beautiful they are now. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd appreciate it more if they were. Um, I didn't, I didn't get let on it. But then it was a very good design inspiration. It, like it really fueled my my passion for football as well uh, as a kid. So um, seeing all these programs, and I remember it's funny because I look back at programs now. I look, I look at the ones I collect now. I don't seem to buy them much at games these days anymore because they're not as well. Maybe in a couple of years' time, I'll look back and think, yeah, they're great. But now looking at them, comparing them to the old ones, they're not as good. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll, I'll get a chance to show you some of these beautiful um, old ones. But Absolutely. My one example that I kind of use is, although I do quite like this, this how 90s this cover is, for me, this is when football programmes started to go downhill. Um, it's the mid-90s, everyone's a designer. Um, a bit <laughs> like how everyone's a photographer now with iPhones and, um, and, 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 and smartphones in general. Um, for me, this was kind of the turning point where suddenly things got a little bit lazy everything got glossy um everything became a bit heavy advert centric um i mean it's a good example of a bad example 
if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, but you yeah. don't know where to look at that. <laughs> Whereas with the one, the shots one in the background there, and you've got the old retro ones, they're all very handmade. They've got custom illustrations, and because it's no computers, maybe yeah. that's why I love them so much, because it's a very handmade aspect, and I know that time's been put into it. Yeah, definitely. And, of course, the processes back then of production were just so much more difficult, which I can talk a little bit about later after I've um, I've actually seen some seen some um, firsthand, um, but yeah, the processes back then were so much longer. Like to make one little tweak in your design was, you know, it could take all day. Yeah. Um, so I've been told. I'm blessed the fact that computers and Macs have been invented since uh, I've been doing design. Um, but learning about how people have um, produced them before, it's it's mind blowing. Yeah. Did you see the documentary Graphic Means? I've been meaning to watch it, you know. I actually haven't seen it. See, I, I went, I saw it at uh, Manchester Design Festival, and just the, the, the amount of time and effort they spent into putting, making a logo in the 60s, drawing it at meter sizes so they can scan it in and scale it. Mm. it I don't think I would have done it. I think it'd be too much hassle. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of effort. Is it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, they might have charged more for it, though, you know, they might have, back then. Um, yeah um i mean the most um amazing thing about the project of one shilling in general was so after kind of posting up here and posting up programs for probably about six months started to get a fair bit of traction um people started wanting to share it like it got on blogs such as create a review and it's nice that which is really exciting um mm. and then one breakthrough moment that the project had was when it got featured by the guys at mundial um, yeah. on their week on their weekly gazetta which is their like online blog um which is actually it's got so many great articles check out mundial if you haven't already um but i beforehand before getting featured by mundial i was on the hunt for somebody named john elvin who ran his own production company called well he was an art director um and ran his own company called sports graphic or so i've heard um, from the tiny small print at the bottom of some of his programs where he'd written, produced by John, um, John Alvin at Sports Graphic. So these are the uh, old programs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd, emailed, uh, I'd emailed Coventry City um, to find out if they were still in touch with this guy um, who produced these incredible, uh, be incredibly beautiful football programs of that era. And I'll, I'll show you an example. Like, yeah. This is one of my favourites. Um, first, first kind of came in contact with. So, of course, George Best, nothing more iconic than that stare of the Irishman. Uh, Irishman, isn't it? Irishman. Yeah. Uh, the iconic stare of the Irishman. And it just captures that mood of, like, you know, suddenly footballers are becoming celebrities. Sky Blue, Coventry is the team to support. And as you go through this, it's just the most unbelievable um, football programme in general. How they've, how they've treated typography. Whoever this guy was, I needed to find out who he was. And That's I needed to meet him. Um, but this program was blessed with the fact that it, it had almost zero adverts oh, in it. And any advert in it, the designer had complete control of, but again, I'll go into that a little bit more later. So I was on the hunt for the guy who made this, couldn't find him, wasn't getting any, any response from Coventry City, mm. mostly because he'd actually passed away. Um, mm. It's absolutely tragic. He passed away quite young, I believe. Um, and I had, 
after, after seeing this Mundial article, I had an email from somebody called Mark Elven. I was like, this is interesting. I opened the email and of course it's his son. And he says, you know, touched by the words that you've written about my late father, John, um, I'd love to meet up and show you more of his work and some of the originals, like you were saying about the original programs and the original artwork that went into those. He has a huge archive of this stuff and it's again, all beautifully kept and immaculately kept. So I just had to meet up with him. I've got to go, I've got to get, I've got to somehow get my face in front of that archive. <laughs> um, Hopefully you'll be able to, the plan is to have an exhibition um, of his archive of work plus, and then some, and then some football programs as well. Um, hopefully doing that towards the end of this year, but watch his face. So as soon as he got in touch, I was like, this is, this is mad. Like, of course I want to meet you. And I met up with him at this pub um, in Hearn Hill in, like towards Peckham way. Um, he lives in Peckham now. And um, he brought with him an absolute mountain of programs, um, not just programs either. Um, everything from fanzines that his dad had made when he was at the, in his like mid twenties to, uh, um, let me just grab some. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, so just give it a context to the end of the show. I always ask one question and it's how do you want to be remembered? And if, uh, if you could be remembered like this, this is what I mean. This is, I think, for me, what I'd like to be remembered as. If if my son or, or kid or someone was doing this about my work, then I think that's that's perfect. It's exactly how I want to be remembered. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's a shame that um, John has never been championed. You know, like yeah. the Bauhaus movement. For me, this was a movement in itself. It was actually something that's going on in the Midlands. Um, completely under the radar really to design blogs and design history now completely went under the radar and for me seeing this and uncover it and working with uh, Mark to almost bring it into fruition and show it to the public again has been great um, but yeah his dad didn't just design football programs he made fanzines as well so this is one of the examples of the fanzines his dad had made so this is something he made uh, actually as a Leeds little fanzine for Leeds so for, for people listening audio, it's very, very bright yellow uh, with stark contrasting uh, red and blue typography and, and like just outlines. And yeah, it's, it's a very, what would you say, like very 70s? Like very... very 70s, lots of floating heads and cut out people. There's Don Revy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we open this up. It's just a beautiful fancy. It, it just looks like, it looks like something... A poster zine, sorry. It looks like something that had been created, you know, and, and whacked on a design blog of today, let alone the the, uh, the mid-60s. Like, this is actually crazy how he's handling typography and the colour that he's getting out of it. And, um, yeah, here they are. That. And beautifully illustrated as well. That's, a, that's an amazing poster, that. Pretty cool things. These are actually going to be made available fairly soon. And it's not just leads that we have as well. We've got, um, we've got leads that we're going to hopefully reproduce. Um, we've got Aston Villa, which was one that actually ne was never created, but that's going to be reproduced. Um, that. Rangers and Celtic, yeah, it's it's so exciting. Liverpool, they made made one of these for all the big clubs of that era. Um, so incredibly exciting. No Swansea, I'm sorry. <sighs> They're a big club. We're about. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't just football program and football um, memorabilia that he made at the time. This is. Um, something that I've got 
called Travelogue One. And it's actually all about um, the uh, travel agent, the market of travel agents. Right. Where it was, it, it was kind of a boom anyway um, with, with people such as um, Doug Ellis, who was the chairman of Villa, he's now passed away. He was a chairman through all of Villa's glory, um, great years. And um, there was some sort of a boom during this time in, uh, in holiday, um, holiday um, agents. And he made this incredible, incredible, incredible magazine about it, which was actually published and used in a really corporate way, but of course doesn't look at all corporate whatsoever. It's like the most playful design I've ever seen for a corporate brochure. Really, really nice. Yeah. It's so like, cool. Yeah, a huge typography, like obviously black and white, and then this massive red text. Yeah, it's very, very smart. Very smart. Uh, if people are just listening to this, you might want to go over to the video version and start listening, <laughs> start watching it over there. Yeah, so so this guy's obviously, a, a, like you say, a, quite a prolific designer and, and sort of under, yeah. gone under the radar, ra- radar a little bit from news and that. Big time. I mean, he was... Um... He was producing those zines that I was telling you about, the poster zine, like the Leeds one, um, when he was in his late 20s. And he was working for a print place in London. So he, was, he lived in Hammersmith at the time. He was a Chelsea fan. Um, and suddenly he got his big break up in, um, up in Coventry, which is when he was able to produce these programmes. Um, and his office was, in fact, opposite the old Highfield Row Stadium, in just a terraced house, a front room of a terraced house was his office. And it's where he and his illustration assistant, Ron Greenwood, would sit and slave and work on these programs and single-handedly produce the whole season just between the two of them. Wow. Which is mind-blowing now that you think of the teams that go into producing editorial work now. And back then he, he, from, from what Mark was saying, he was, he, he went through a fairly stressful time <laughs> trying to, he was coming back very late at night. It's like, it's almost, almost a bit like how design is now um, coming back late at night, um, which is quite funny, but it was something that stuck in Mark's head and he remembered it actually really fondly and seeing all of the amazing programs. Um, it would be amazing actually for you to be able to meet Mark at some point, just go for a drink or something. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah. Um, we'll sort it out. Yeah. Um, so it would be really funny. Like, because um, his dad would have such a good relationship with the club and the players because he was producing so much work for them. Mm. He'd get to know them quite well and he'd be, he'd be on the phone to somebody and Mark would come in and be like, who, who are you on to, Dad? And he'd be on to one of the players and be like, oh, do you want to talk? And Mark would be like, no, I don't want to talk to one of the players. It's my hero. I want to watch him on Saturday. Um, which is, it's, it's just a, such a surreal thing. And like now, that would just, it just wouldn't happen. Like they're untouchable. Um, again, it just harks back to the era of how humble football was back there and how un, how unplayed it was by oil barons and uh, it, it was in it for the right reasons it was supported by as it is still today it's supported by people who um who crave for that three points to rely on happiness and you know in the community um and yeah, it's a very different time yeah it defined it defined it defined people's sundays and mondays definitely my, i remember my dad talking about often if villa had lost to blues obviously being a big Villa fan, if, if we'd ever lost to Blues over the weekend, he wouldn't go into work on a Monday into Blues Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He wouldn't let to work. He'd pull a sickie. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't they? They'd get him on the Tuesday when he comes back in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they'll get him. They'll get him. Uh, yeah. 
there's rivalries. So, yeah. So Mark had um, brought this amazing, amazing batch of programmes, which he has the full season. I've only got, I have them all in my hands right now, but we have the full season um, for wow. when this was, um, which is insane. Every single one got a, a slightly different typographic, beautiful typographic treatment. Um, for the first half of the season, I believe this is the first half of the season. I oh, know this is second part, so. So he started doing the work for Coventry in 1969. So when my dad started going to watch Villa, um, so it was a super exciting time happening in the Midlands. The first um, half of the season, where was it? Yeah, I've just got, the thing is, I've just got so many. Yeah, it's amazing to have that whole collection of the whole, whole season. They're all individual, yeah. looking it's at amazing. it. Like that. Hold a few up. Let's go through a few of them. Yeah. This is one that's really cool. I actually produced this one as a T-shirt fairly recently called Headers and Bollies. Yeah. It's my favourite. And I don't know if you've ever seen a back of a football programme look this amazing. Is, is that Gordon Banks as well? Which is um, That is Gordon Banks. Which is amazing because unfortunately he passed away today uh, or yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, good. that's terrible news. Yeah. Um, but there he is. One of England's heroes. Come back for one day only for the Creative Waffle podcast. The main one that I wanted to show you was actually this one, um, which is my favourite of all the designs he made. So the date that we've got on this is 3rd of November 1970. This is against Bayern Munich. Um, absolutely stunning programme. Yeah, 1970. It's the second round, second leg. Um, <laughs> Fairs Cup, European Fairs Cup. And the guy on the cover is Gerd Muller. Um, which is just epic. It was just an amazing, an amazing squad, an amazing Brian Munich squad. And this became such an iconic piece of design that represented his company sports graphic that Gerd Muller then went on to become the logo for his company sports graphic, which is, it's just super cool. Yeah. Um, and like you were saying with the different scales of um, images that were then having to be scanned in, were not even scanned in, photographed. Um, I don't even know how the process was back then, if I'm, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, but we've got, we've got the roughs of these and kind of from this size to, you know, about um, 40 centimetres high. So it goes through all the scales. But yeah, we've got originals of all of these. And the most exciting thing about this is seeing all of the German black letter-esque typography within it. It's, it's just so cool. And again, it's just something that's always gone under the, under the radar. I just don't know how people haven't seen this before and just been like, this is just... This is just insane. Like it's a movement happening in the Midlands. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I don't know if I'd read that that the text on that line. No, it's a long, long, long line of text there. Beckenbauer. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like the, the small text, like the the body text is like the long line length. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at uni we were taught eleven words per line, but yeah, I think yeah, about forty-five there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, he was playful with his formats. It looks good though. It really does look good. Pinup girl esque sort of style. <laughs> um, that was really cool. So amazing that he reached out. Um, it's great that we can start championing his work um, and hopefully going to start um, having an exhibition and reproducing some of these zines for the future and raise some money up, hopefully, for Huntington's disease um, and footballers with Alzheimer's from obviously that era heading the ball back then. Football's a lot heavier, um, yeah, crazy. which has led to early onsets Alzheimer's, which um, very lots of interesting um, 
documentaries about it mm. at the moment um, worth checking out and it's something that we want to support yeah i mean i mean if i can help it anyway so i'd, I'd love to uh if you, everything or anything I, need, I can help with i'd love to help um but yeah that's amazing that's that's, that's a beautiful design beautiful really really is do you want to go through like your, your favorite designs your favorite free program covers yeah definitely well that one that i spoke about was really good um yeah what was it oh yeah this, this sky blue against Bayern munich obviously that's that's going to be one of my faves um I have no idea how my dad came to tend to have that because he did not go to that game. He must have got it from somebody at work and just been like, oh, yeah, I'll have that. Um, one of my favourites is actually, I know that my, I think I, my dad went to this game and it's a Rangers programme against Motherwell. I've got that. I've got that. Some, well, I don't know if it's a Motherwell one, but I've got that. This exact one. Uh, You're going to love this story then. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You got it. I got, yeah, I've got the, uh, I've got a Rangers one with the flag and. It might be a different season. It's just an amazing, amazing program. Um, Where has it gone? I've seen that a second ago. Maybe it's back in the box. I've got it anyway somewhere. I've got it somewhere. <laughs> it was definitely the heyday of, of life, though. Like, everything in this yeah. is, is blue and orange, um, front to back. And I absolutely adore it. It's, it's just so complete in every way. Every page is just really exciting. Everything's just really cool. Even the adverts look amazing because they're all fashioned and not too stylish so that they take away from the entire thing. They're still blue. They have control over that. And again, that was rare, but there's some funny things in this. The, of course, the adverts that used to get back then probably wouldn't get into many programmes now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even cigarette adverts, you know. Right off or wrong. Very <laughs> um, for wrong. Um, but um, amazing things, yeah packed full of cigarette adverts like you said um but the amazing thing about this program has more of a story to it so it's 1976 april the 21st um and who produced this it was produced by um thompson litho and thompson litho was actually <laughs> this is when it gets really nerdy right now <laughs> thompson litho was set up by a player called matt thompson who used to be the captain of motherwell which is really weird and it's really nice that we've got a Motherwell playing Rangers program here. Yeah. Um, they went on to be, they went on to be Scotland's largest print firm. Um, and the f the best thing about them was that Alex Ferguson, when he was up playing for Rangers, he actually worked for Thompson Litho right. um, as a sales rep, <laughs> as a side hustle. You know, just to get a little bit of extra money whilst you play football for a Scottish Premier League team. <laughs> imagine, imagine like uh, Steven Gerrard now doing that. Like he's manager of Rangers, but he's just got this job on the side. <laughs> yeah, Scott Sinclair also. Yeah, yeah also <laughs> runs a car wash. That'd be crazy. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, there's obviously not as much money in, in the Scottish League as uh, English League, but uh, amazing story. And again, it's it's such a good example of how football used to be and how um, honest the players were and how much more relatable they were with the people who watched. Sort of ruined the game in a way? Or do you think we just look back at with nostalgia and, and accept that it's moved on? I think I think that football could have developed in a better way. Um, whether, you know, it's, it's, it's almost just inflated mm. more than everything's gone wrong. It's just... It's almost like how much a pound is worth has just dropped within in the world of football. But 
to a bigger level than any other industry that I can possibly think of. Um, and I think that there needs to be more regulation on how it's managed moving forward and growing and how much people can, how much people can invest. Um, obviously, investment in a club is great, but um, investing um, in the right way with the right sort of money <laughs> um, is probably um, advisable for football. I mean, I don't go into loads of details in general about the the amount of cost in football. If I focused on the cost of football, I probably always, I probably, I probably end up stop watching because you know Aston Villa they're the, in the second in the um, Champions Championship, but you know they're still on ridiculous amounts of money. I'm still watching millionaires play football, but. I see past that and you kind of have to. I think fans, if you're a real football fan, you obviously do because you just don't, you don't think about it. It doesn't pass you. But yeah, when you think about it, it, it there, is, there is a ridiculous sort of out, out balance between the sort of people who go and watch football and the players on the yeah. field. So definitely a lot less relatability. Um, they're definitely the heroes as in, obviously the players are still the heroes, but either the sort of the guy that you might just see down the pub and have a conversation with after the game, not anymore. They're untouchable, and it's for various reasons. Did you do you watch one? Uh, did you watch Sunset Until I Die? Oh yeah, I did. You know what? I watched it, and then it made me feel like how my mum must have felt at the Swansea game, almost on an evening basis. I was like, "Why am I watching this? I'm just getting so depressed." Sorry, Sunday. <laughs> I was like, I was watching. It, I was just like, "God, get a note." It's like constantly. It's like a constant letdown. It's like. Yeah. I know how you feel, guys. I know how you feel. Well, two, two things. I felt very sorry for Chris Coleman because I think he's a lovely guy um, and he comes across very nice. But uh, mm-hmm. the other thing is, I think Jack Rodwell has been a bit of a prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of pricks in every club, to be honest. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I really liked him as well. I thought, it was really, I thought he was a really cool manager. The ladies loved him. All the backroom staff were buzzing when he got employed. It's that Welsh accent. It does it. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing about his looks or uh, <laughs> definitely the Welsh accent. Yeah. Uh, so moving back to the footwear design stuff, tell me about the one shilling, tell me about the logo and everything. Oh, yeah. So the logo, as you can see on the tee, yeah. um, comes from the first programme, I believe, that my dad collected, which was um, Villa against Derby on the 29th of March, 1969. Are you would have um, to do that. Is that the original one that your dad got? I've got it. Here it is, man. <laughs> I'm going to eat it, Dad. I'm not going to eat it. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely stunning. Um, yeah. The rest of the program is kind of a bit meh inside. I mean, there's a funny article um, about some carpet in there, and the players reviewing some of the carpet in the manager's in the manager's office. Um, and there's a nice there's a nice suit doormat advert. Looks like James Bond, that isn't it? <laughs> it does a bit. Um, Dormy menswear hire service. Then it's Hill Birmingham. It's just That's the it's thing so as well. But like all the adverts are related to the, the to Birmingham. They're all related around the, the football stadium, yeah. the local businesses. Whereas now you've got and global rightly companies. Rightly so. Rightly yeah. so. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's obviously football is a global thing now, and it's going to be watched. It's watched by people all around the planet. Like every game, like no matter who it is, it will be watched all around the planet. And they have to adjust for that, but you know, it's, there's nothing better than seeing every single advert with a Birmingham, uh, a Birmingham uh, postcode. It's, it's very, it's very nice. Um, and of course, the logo comes from the price of the program. And back in the day, when the program was the same cost as the ticket, so shilling to go in, shilling for program, um, which, which is mad. <laughs> is that the same as two bob? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really sure. 
I don't know how many bobs there are in a. In a I, I don't know. Grant, where are you? <laughs> I get very. Yeah, you say Grant. It's my, my dad would know the ins and outs of this. Um, um, I've got, you know, like how experimental these days would would a Luton Town program be? Or how experimental would a Rochdale program be these days? Like the typography and the typographic flair on these and the handling of design. They were clearly artists. The people who are doing these aren't aren't doing this because you know they they haven't got um, you know this is this, this is the pinnacle of design back mm -hmm. then. Like being able to do these, it was a big responsibility, and only the best people could do it, and only the best people back then could be designers. Whereas today, again, anyone could be a designer, which is really good, but also really really bad and detrimental to people when especially for people like me who work in design and some people will be like, oh, I'm just going to buy a logo online for 20 pounds. It completely undermines what you do when really the experts should be doing it. And this is what they can produce. And yeah. that's why we can look at them now and you're never going to see, you're never going to see a Rochdale program like it ever again. You know, you know, that would work well with, I mean, first of all, the curling's a bit off between the R and the O, but <laughs> we'll let him off. He's, it's handmade. It's handmade. Uh, but yeah, it would work really well with an Icelandic team called, called uh, KR and it's something Reykjavik obviously the capital of Iceland and they've got this very sort of Viking feel to their, their typography and their logo and that is very similar to what they've done uh, yeah oh, I'll have to have a look that I'll have to uh, check that out yeah yeah check that out after um but yeah what, what else have we got here floating heads like I said with that Don Revy on the lead zine Stoke City <laughs> loved a good floating head I mean it's just this is nothing to it that's this is bound with a single staple <laughs> the amount of, like they're saving so much money here they're just like yeah I'll just get it done programs programs cost what like three three pound fifty they were three pound but now three pound fifty to four five pounds a game depending on where you go mm -hmm. and this is it, it, the ones that you're holding up and the ones i've got here <laughs> one shilling two shilling 80p 60p um like that's that's like a fraction of the price that's crazy compared to that's 80 old p as well it's not even and that yeah. shows that in 20 years from 80p, 60p, this one here is 1985-60p. From now, £3.50 in 2019. Uh, it's certainly gone crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, as well. I think, of course, like the people working in football programmes now, there's no discredit to them. Like they, The amount of pressure they probably have from advertising, of course they do. Like They're told they have to have a certain amount of advertising at this certain amount of... Um, um, uh, things they have to have to check off before a program can be completely signed off for design. You know, they're not allowed to control the colour of a photography advert on the back. Like, it's just not allowed. Fact, yeah, sorry, it's not so much money. So much money. Yeah. Like Premier League programmes, like professional football programmes, must make so much money with the adverts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But just, I, I think there just seems to be such a, a dis... Um, Football seems just to be so. Um, what's the word? It's almost like not real anymore. It's almost like it's like yeah. lost that relatability. Yeah, everything's got a glossy cover, including the players. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good analogy. What else have we got here? Cool one for Brentford. Again, it's it's typography and it images of football. Throughout. It's just it's just awesome. It's consistent all the way through. Um, Let's have a look at one of these pages. So you're you're one of the people that's inspired me to get back into designing football programs. 
and uh, and that you're accountant and what you've oh, been that's doing. really nice. Yeah, no, it's true, it's true. And, and like all these old programs as well and, and just uh, now seeing that typography, I need to experiment with it more because I've been doing mm. a, lot of, a lot of very sans serif, simple, put it on there. Um, and it's been more about yeah. playing with the shapes and colours. Um, but the luminosity, I need to get away from the luminosity filter on uh, Photoshop. It's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just use it too much. <laughs> but, um, <Stay> away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm probably trying to go for next year. I want to really try and push working for a for a football club. And even if it's local company, if it's a local yeah. football club, I think I've got I have more control over the actual design of the whole thing. It'd be amazing. Um, you should start. Um, you should start doing um, like a fanzine, even for like a Swansea City. That'd be really? insane. Like the fanzines. Fanzines are really getting bigger now there's one really popular one for leeds called the the um the square ball um which is a really cool fanzine that um almost is so much as popular as the program you know and eventually mm. i think i think with um football programs the only way that you're going to get this again get beautiful design is if the zines take over and then the football clubs have to buy the zine and then the zine's still got the power yeah hang on that's giving me a great idea because i know the guy well, i don't know i know of him the guy that does the swansea one and um yeah i'm, I'm gonna get in touch with him. that's a great idea also, yeah. the, Do it. The, the 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 fact the Matt, Matt Tams as well, another friend of mine. Um, he's he's worked on the logo for Square Ball, and he's done lots of stuff with them. So yeah, shout out to him as well. Thought more shout outs. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the that's a great idea. I, I'm yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna message the uh, Square uh, the Swansea one, because um, because also they come from eras. The people that are making these things are coming from eras that when they enjoyed this sort of design, and they when they were younger, they had this sort of design. And it'd be cool to go and come and see it back. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, we'll um, definitely try and get involved with this, um, with having an exhibition of sorts. Just mm. bringing this back. Uh, football programmes need a bit of a revolution, I think. Um, yeah. And the only way that's going to come is if we can do things like what One Shilling's trying to do and remind people how great they are and how they're such an important part of the football, um, the, the football ritual, going to a game, buying a pie and a pint, getting your program it should be part of it should be part of the whole flow and um, they need to continue to act as um part of the club and the community and uh, as a voice for them uh, if nothing else um which they are doing less and less and they're representing the the beer or <laughs> whoever's whoever's telling them who they want to represent they're not allowed to decide who they are meant to represent um i've got a few foreign programs as well um, I don't know. Are you happy just to keep talking? Yeah, all day, any day, all day. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll do this all night long, and then you can just, you know, this can be amazing at the end because you have one, so much. Stuff. <laughs> one day I'm going to do a 24 hour podcast, hopefully this year. Podcast. I really want to do it. I'm really excited about it. I want to do it. That's really cool. But it'll be I'll like split up between different guests. You definitely get quite a lot of potential on that. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. It'll be split up between different guests as well. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. Um, I can just talk about a few more programs as you go through if you want. Absolutely, yeah. I've got a few as well to go through, so yeah, up to you. Nice. Um, okay, so Nottingham Forest from their, from their heyday. Almost heyday anyway. PSV, amazing long format program. Never seen anything yeah. like it. In fact, most of the pages are set up in the right way, but the centre page completely disregards the format. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you know what, we're going to go long format, which is probably what they do for the rest of the, rest of the season. Um, but I just thought that was really nice. That was a really cool thing. Um, it's good. I like that layout. So it's like a, for people who are audio listeners, it's like a, a New Year calendar, like a, not like a DL sort of layout, but sort of ish, but a bit longer. 
Um, let's have a look. Just getting some cool. more really weird ones. This is a this is a pretty pretty weird one. Um, so I need to remind myself a little bit about about this one. My phone's gone. My phone's using the phone for life. This is um, Polytechnica Timiasora against West Ham. Um, I believe it was, I think it was a, um, oh, a game. The European Champions Cup Winners' Cup. And this team, what is that? I never understood that. <laughs> I don't know. You guess as good as mine. But this is um, the seventh all-time greatest team in Romania. Um, nice. And amazing format once again. It's oh. all one piece of paper and it's all printed in purple, which is the colour that the team play in. Imagine if... That's amazing. I've never seen anything like that. So basically, it's like a fold-out programme. And it's... Yeah, incredibly experimental. And again, for, for the time, like, why not? Like, going for it. Let's just try the different formats out. Like, why, why not? It's only going to make people want to come and watch the seventh-best team in Romania play football. Um, I was trying to do that these days. Like, trying to convince a, like, a professional team to do that. They'd be like, get out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> yes, uh, nah. <laughs> <Where are laughs> going? <laughs> um, I've got some more here. I guess this is quite a weird format for you, the fact that I'm constantly moving around and not just talking at you. Yeah, I mean, the audio listeners, are hopefully this is good listening. But, uh, head over to YouTube and subscribe and, and get over there and, and listen and watch. You can watch all the programmes. <laughs> <But, yeah. laughs> watch the programmes. Oh, you can look at the programmes, uh, yeah. Programmes if you've never seen them before. Um, also, there's, there's like a, it's quite a lot of um, American people listen to this podcast. So people that aren't necessarily in touch with football um, and, and that sort of maybe sports programs in general. So this could be something new to people. And that's amazing in itself, like opening someone up to this world of amazing, beautiful programs. Uh, so hopefully if you are, if let me know. I mean, yeah, let me know if, if, if anyone is that and, and you've only just found out what a football program is in the 1960s and 70s and 80s. Please leave a comment or somehow get in touch with one of us. <laughs> and if, if you are an American football fan or you're slightly interested in the history of American soccer, yeah. um, if you're on our profile, we've done a, um, in one of our little Instagram highlights, we've got it all on American um, soccer programs and fixture lists. Yeah, I saw which that. Which we were sent by um, the guys at Tens Club, which is a really cool Instagram page called Tens Club. They do a lot of like fashion. Um, and yeah, they sent us, they sent us loads of the American, um, soccer, soccer fixture lists, um, timetables and programs. And they're just, they're just the coolest things. Like Americans can do it too, seriously. Um, I went to the Red Sox ground as well, not too long ago and the beautiful old baseball programs. That's another story. Um, we've got, first we've got, um, the World Cup program from the Mexico, 1970. Interesting story about that, Lance Wyman. Yes. Lance Wyman has done that. As, as, as you know him. Yeah, my best friend, Lance Wyman. <laughs> your best friend. Yeah, my good my boy, Lance. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so he's, he's done that. For, do you reckon he's done the cover? I mean, it's very similar to what he'd done for um, the Olympics, right? Cause it, um, I wonder if it was but... something to do with that kind of era. Okay, his book. So, he did a big Mexico World Cup, like Jules, the uh, Jules Remy Trophy, um, as it was known. Mm -hmm. 
And we're getting really geeky into football now. Uh, no, go for it. If I can find it in the book. I, I'm annoyed, actually, because I got my... I, I recently purchased some Lance Wyman shoes uh, on eBay. And it's, it's like he did a campaign with Puma. Um, it's like, oh, my bookshelf's falling over. But yeah, I did this, he, did a, he did a campaign with Puma about sort of... Along the lines of Black Lives Matter, but it was to do with the 1960s um, Olympics and whether two black guys held, held up their fist in... in uh, protest against all the, all the white athletes and stuff and, and I don't actually know the story I should I should definitely look into it because I bought the shoes but they look they're amazing it became incredibly, I think, um, the story from that was something along the lines of um there was a lot of protests happening at the time I think there wasn't that much money um in Mexico and there was a big student kind of uproar against it and rightly so from like how the government was managing it was very violent yeah. and then I believe that Lance Wyman's designs were almost used retrospectively and almost empowered the students and they could almost take his designs and manipulate them for their own rights amazing well well done to lance and thanks for thanks for um thanks for that <laughs> appreciate that. that's giving me a bit more information still trying to find <laughs> something new. um but yeah basically you've got this beautiful shoe that is designed for this this has got really like deep meaning in behind the shoe and uh, that's so cool and and it looks quite similar to the stuff he's done for what you've what you're holding up there i'm just still trying to find it sorry um i'll let you speak for a while <laughs> no, that's cool what i was what i was going to say about this program my favorite thing about this i posted this um when the world cup was on um and when england were doing so magnificently well um yeah. of course not without the cigarettes um <laughs> but beautiful cover incredibly powerful actually really super easy to get a hold of these um originals as well um, mm. like less than 10 pounds um and it's got all the greats in it like it's got, it's got pele in it it's it's got it's got everyone in it that you want from that era but my favorite thing about it completely is the czechoslovakian football team are all oil paintings <laughs> <laughs> and the rest Which of them incredibly creepy <laughs> the rest of, and the rest of the team's actual photos that's amazing yeah well there's there's like there's pele yeah there's an oil painting of a kvaznak <laughs> it's, it's great you just open it you're just like what <laughs> there's an oil painting of like the the the, the russian football team it's just so surreal <laughs> um i think that, by the way i think that was lance Lyman's work on the front cover there because this is from his uh book wow i think i think that's from his sketchbook yeah so there this we are i'm holding up original lance there you go. That's an original Lance Wyman you've got there. Worth a million. There he is. <laughs> um, that's cool. So yeah, it's absolutely beautiful line work. And that's sort of stuff that I'm into now. I'm, I'm, that, that line work is um, amazing. I'm going to get some, well, from, from the previous stuff, if, if anyone knows my work, I've done these two, uh, two illustration posters here. A New York poster and a Tokyo poster. And it's all very mono, sort of monoline work. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to get some tattoos and that sort of style as well. And uh, I'm all about that, so uh, I'm a huge fan. Don't know why I went on to that tangent. That was quite random. Uh, <laughs> no, I like it. Um, but yeah, my one of my favourite ones that you shared as well. It's a Fulham one. Is that is that that illustrated yeah. Fulham one of like a bird's eye view of um, Craven Cottage? <laughs> and it's just like yeah, yeah I'll get it out now. Yeah, no, I've got it here. Got it. Here. Oh, you got it. You got nice. It. There you go. It's a different game though. <laughs> I think I think uh, they the same illustration for the whole season by the looks of it. So I've got versus what Leeds. Was, um, what was your fixture? Uh, 
the Canon League Division Two. <laughs> uh, and who is the team? Yeah, Leeds United. Ooh, it's a good fixture. Mine's <laughs> not County in the Milk Cup <laughs> round two first leg. Um, which was actually sponsored by milk, I believe, like actual milk. Yeah. Um, as in the milk we drink, because obviously it was such a bigger, a bigger thing back back in the day when um, almonds were never on the planet and <laughs> coconuts were just still alien to everyone. And vegans milk didn't exist. Was, milk was power, hence the milk cup. Forget Carling, buy milk. <laughs> <laughs> that that should be a slogan. We should get that on a t-shirt. One shilling. <laughs> Buy milk. <laughs> I think that, that could be like the, the headline for this um for this thing. It could be called uh, <laughs> yeah, why you shouldn't buy carling, you should buy milk. The illustration actually goes across the back and the front, and then the fixtures uh, the uh, team sheet goes sort of in the corner. It's just amazing. Just the whole the whole layout is a, a full on painting of of the whole stadium. Um, and did they have? Heli- I guess they had helicopters. Of course they did. Yeah, they had helicopters. I was wondering how they got this image of the bird's eye view of the ground. Um, I reckon it was a drone. I know it's the eighties. <laughs> I, I reckon drones are actually aliens, and they've been here for years. Thank you. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Paul Van, Van has never looked so cool. Until very, now. Uh, aggressive, aggressive black and white scheme they got going on. Intense, isn't it? Look at them with their crossed arms in the V as well. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I love it. Okay, I'm going to share this one with you. Um, this is a Derby County one, and I like this mainly because of the hierarchy and the layout. Um, I think it's a goalkeeper, unless it's a rugby one, but I'm pretty sure it's football. And it's 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 like a it's just a, a green. I'm trying to describe it. It's like a green. Um, Green background, big Green back, bold, yeah, impactful typography of Derby County with the infamous floating footballers, probably <laughs> a keeper holding the ball, and definitely somebody's about to charge into him aggressively because it's the 70s or whenever it was. Got a good look on his face as well, that guy. Look at what year is that? He's having him. Uh, that is 1971. That's uh, one <laughs> no. shilling, five new pence. There That's you got, go. Every program seemed to be shilling. That, even that Ram there, it's just like the Rams are Derby. No, hang on. Is that right? Yeah, the Rams. The Rams is Rams, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I, heard this, um, I heard this guy in this um, American bar the other day when I was, I was over in Florida the other day and um, uh, watching the, I was watching the, um, I was watching the Super Bowl in the bar. Yeah. And this guy was like, no, there's, there's a team in England who are also called the Rams, <laughs> but their actual name is Derby County. And I was like, that's good knowledge. If he if he suddenly started talking about Brian Clough, I was about to faint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's good knowledge. How long has he been? Uh, did you start speaking to him, or is it just sort of just caught wind of the conversation? What's that? Did you start speaking to him, or did you just get just catch wind of the conversation? Uh, no, I was completely in, I was completely enthralled in adverts, <laughs> which is basically watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> no, I watched. Uh, Instead of watching the Super Bowl, I watched like a live stream commentary of it. And it's and it had, I don't know if you know the True Geordie, do you, on YouTube? No, what's that? Okay, so the True Geordie is um, a guy who's become a YouTuber. He was a deep sea diver, become a YouTuber after making um, a video about a Newcastle footballer called Niall Ranger. 
and uh, he basically went on a massive rant and that picked up a lot of popularity. And then he made a few more videos about football, did a few football things, uh, football review videos, and basically really picked up popularity. And now he's doing it full time, um, sponsored by Lab Brooks and uh, not the podcast. I mean, his podcast. I don't endorse betting, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think you just endorse betting right then. Yeah. Oh, God. You're almost as bad as these cigarette adverts. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, he's a, he's a football YouTuber, basically. That's what I should have just said. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's called... <laughs> yeah, this is why it's called Creative Waffle, because I don't get to the point quick enough. Um, <laughs> I, I like, it. I like yeah. this where it means there's a lot less pressure on the people you're interviewing and, and yourself, which usually makes for a more organic conversation. I like that. But yeah, good analysis. But yeah, the hierarchy on this is, is it's, it's amazing. Yeah, just straight into the Derby County. And you go to the box with the, the text on top. Yeah, anyway, lovely, lovely stuff. Uh, and then you've got, again, going back to the, the very vivid um, colours and along with the, the high contrast pictures, a pink, pink programme. Oh, look at that. Boosh. <laughs> yeah, forget about Northampton Town. Look at the illustration. That's what it's trying to say. That's so cool. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't, like, yeah, you hardly ever notice, you don't notice a team name until you... You just see the word kick off the player. That's you can't really make out who it is because it's... Yeah, that's really cool. He means business, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, I can't tell really, but I guess he looks aggressive. <laughs> um, what, I've, what I've actually done is I've downloaded this app um, called What Defont. Um, oh, yeah. If you're looking to find out what typeface that kickoff is, consult a genius typographer, like one of my old lecturers, or just use the app. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's probably tons of fonts out there like that. We could probably make it as well if we round a few corners. Yeah, definitely. But um, this I've just opened it up. It's got a colouring page. You've got a colouring oh, right. page. This, this, <laughs> I, you know what? The number of times I'm at a football match and I bring all my colouring in pencils, <laughs> hoping for a colouring in page, and it no. never happened. <laughs> it's not that one page either. It's loads of pages. It's look, the next page as well. It's like an outline of a player. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's a stylistic thing. Oh, look at that! But that's a bit. That's a bit more like now times. That is cool. It's it, but like even from you know looking at this Northampton Town one, you can see the the similarities in the in the braveness with typography. Those big drop shadows, like it was beefy. It was meaty type. It was. It was just. It was just so bold and daring and just like bodacious really for that that period it's just like you look at them now it's like what yeah yeah absolutely look at this shit now <laughs> uh and this it's funny is a funny uh cartoon making the fun of a sort of like, i'm gonna say sorry a typical sorry accented um cricket fan <laughs> here yeah it's talking because it's like it's a very different class back then it was a very class separated thing um sort of you had the people that i guess i guess you sort of cricket fans uh, yeah basically i think from from what i've heard from grandparents and stuff it was it was sort of football fans tend to be like the more working class people and then they have other sports like rugby and cricket which are a bit tend to be a bit posher and a bit higher class um from what i've heard anyway and and yeah this this is funny you wouldn't get that these days the um the people would be all over that on social media Having a go, you wouldn't get away with the pictures of um of girls in their mini skirts sitting on their 
manager's knee like he did in some of the old programs. That was a, another classic, another classic move by those definitely male designers. Harvey Weinstein, they called it. <laughs> yeah, the future uh, looked into the future, but uh, but yeah. So, you, I mean, do you have any more to share? So, I mean, you've got loads, but I mean, oh, man, I've got loads. <laughs> um, I could just go through a few more, and we could just talk about things that we like. Um, this whole was it whole city against. I've had a good few ones. Like a few good ones, yeah. They've obviously just had their um, their badge recreated, although yeah. it's basically still the same. But like, it's it, it, I actually really love the whole badge. And of course, I've got this incredibly aggressive lion, um, which I love. But this whole book is pr printed black onto yellow stock. Um, so every single page is like that. And it's it's absolutely classic, really. Um, adverts on the front. It's a very typical um, way that you see, especially the oldest football program. So this is 1961. So just um, just in that era of where, you know, things are starting to hotten up on the design scene with football programs. Um, adverts on the back but again just very elegantly created and there's no way you'd have adverts on the front and the back of a football program now which fits so well in with the design <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you'd just have to slap like a colorful color logo on it wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah um and that's why I think I think if we go back to making the fanzines and making these other these, these football programs look better um I, th I think we do that we, we still incorporate the adverts but make them black and white if it's a Swansea one you make it all black and white and you have yeah a full-on beautifully designed layout and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm getting on it I'm gonna get on it you see me like in a year's time we'll be good we'll chat we'll be chatting about it <laughs> it needs to happen it needs to happen I mean I've spent my last the last like year and nearly a half of my life basically putting all my side time into collecting football programs documenting them and showing them around and don't know if I could do it 24 I don't know if I could do it as a full-time job I love football as well, and I even I need a break. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, I've got one that's particularly cool. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'm just trawling just to see if there's any more. There's actually a really nice story about this Queen's Park Ranger program I saw um, on. I think it was on. I think it was on BBC. Um, there was an article on a guy who had gone to Vietnam and um, fought and he'd taken with him all his Queen's Park Rangers programs um, and it reminded him of home. I think it was Vietnam, it was, it was a, a fairly recent war. Um, but yeah, so he took his programs with him and it reminded him of home and he says that it kept insane. So that's pretty cool. That's um, and for people who watch us listening, that's a fully checkered uh, cover, a very garish cover. Um, and, and it's got nice serif typography on the top, Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, it's got a little illustrations in some of the checkered boxes. Very nice, very nice. And again, quite a random decision having a checkered program, bearing in mind their nickname is The Hoops. <laughs> yeah, that is strange. Very strange. Yeah. Um, one of my all-time favourite programmes, again, designed by um, John Elvin in the 70s, was the Boxing Day, which you'll see on my Instagram page, at one underscore shilling. Um, you'll see their Boxing Day programme for... Coventry against West Bromwich Albion, a big Midlands derby. And of course, they've changed the headers and volleys um, illustration that we've got on here. That's right. <laughs> Hang on a minute, I'm going to have to take a picture of that for Instagram. 
I mean, that's the like, mid-podcast promotion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I actually turned this one into a T-shirt the other day, so hopefully going to reproduce some of them. Yeah. There's some funny things throughout this Christmas Day one. There's, again, within, with his son, um, there are illustrations throughout these programmes as well, which depict um, uh, John Elvin's son, Mark, who I met up with, and he just like, oh, yeah, there's me, and he's, like, drawn by his dad. It's, it's so funny. Um, you know what? I've nearly gone through everything. Yeah. So, so what are... we might as well just go through as many as we can. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah. Here we go. Look, this is here's your big comparison right now. So I went to Aston Villa against QPR. Of course, Villa lost, and at QPR, pretty actually, this is actually fairly good. I think for a football program of today, this I think pretty well. It's how it's reversed. So yeah, it's reversible. So on the back, it's kind of the villa section with Paul McGrath. Um, and then we've got Simon Stainrod on the, third, on the front for the hoops. Um, and actually, as programmes go today, pretty nice. But for me, I don't know if it, I don't know if it stacks up against the, uh, the QPR one just as much. I just think it's instantly just bold. It's like the weirdest thing. Like, how is this the same club? <laughs> Two very different colours of blue as well. It's more of a turquoise than the old, the old retro one. Uh, yeah, that that new hoops one, that very, very nice. I've seen that on the internet. I didn't realise it was reversible. There you go. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I think I think that is probably one of the better ones from sort of the two thousands. Uh, you see, what what have you seen? The others that are really good. I mean, the final ones are always fairly good, but they're always very Photoshop. Um, um, I've seen so what Norwich City are doing with their programs at the ah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patterns of play and all that. Um, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, patterns of play. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So, so the guys. Um, I've got a story about that. I interviewed the guy who set up that with Norwich, and he runs a Instagram account called Patterns of Play. And uh, I'm not sure you've heard. Have you heard of Patterns of Play? Yeah, he's running it with Norwich, uh, basically getting other illustration designers to come together and collaborate to illustrate and draw old, uh, old, old footballers from the club uh, for every home game. And it's a very same layout, very similar layout, but all of the illustrations are very different, uh, and, and they have obviously different designers, different illustrators doing different styles. I think it's beautiful, and they've done it for the second year in a row now. And it's it's amazing that the club have given them an opportunity to move forward with it and be creative. And again, it's it's that harking back to um, older older times and looking at players from the past um, and drawing on nostalgia to create something new, um, yeah. which is actually a lot about this, what's going on right now. Like retro is in, um, especially for football. Like retro shirts, the the business that gets done on retro football shirts in the UK is extraordinary. Um, like when we go to these, when I go to these football program fairs as well, there's always guys there selling shirts always with the retro shirts and this can range anything from like um 20 pounds to 500 pounds and be like an original um, um a, a, original soviet union um played in football shirt and it's just like how have you got that where have you got this from but everyone loves it everyone wants to spend money on it and they look amazing and i think it's because we compare them to what we get today but what we're getting right now is teams like um especially with what nike have been doing for teams like uh the Nigerian kit for the World Cup, making some really bold, almost harking back to those old goalkeeper kits from the 90s with like Mark Bosnich and uh, Paul Seaman, um, Paul, Paul Seaman, um, David Seaman, Paul Seaman. I think of Paul Simon. He doesn't play. He doesn't play in goal. Um, <laughs> David Seaman and Mark Bosnich, um, almost like those keeper kits. Um, 
just really bold, really gauge. It's almost like that's the style that's in, like drawing on the past. Ugly is the new beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have you seen that team? I think it's a League Two team. can't remember the name of the team. They've, they've teamed up with uh, the Charity Mind uh, for doing a charity kit. And it's very 90s-esque. Um, it's got... I'm trying to remember the, club, the name of the club. It's not Bradford. It might be Brentford. No, it's not Brentford. I don't know. Some club. Colchester. It's Colchester. Check it out. <laughs> Google it. Have, have a look. You, you're on a computer, aren't you? Have a look now. Right. Yeah, it's it's a very uh, very cool kit. So Colchester. Doncaster. It might be Doncaster. Doncaster. It's got <laughs> er at the end. It's quite similar. Actually, really like it's, the Doncaster. It's a, yeah, it's Doncaster. Sorry. I can just show it to you now if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. Oh, look at that. It's like Art Attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Henry Matisse has gone wild oh, with some football shirt. It's also not mind. Um, I'm sorry about that. It's uh, Calm, which is a similar charity. Uh, both do very good jobs. Um, but yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Doncaster. Why can't I remember the name of the team? <laughs> but, but that's yeah. an awesome kit. And it's cool. The charity kit can be more playful. And you've seen... Um, Adidas and, and team up with EA Sports to do a few very crazy uh, kits for F FIFA and bring them out in real life as well. And yeah. you've got people uh, like Killer Villa, who are Scott McRoy, who are bringing music and rap music and hip hop um, really? and moving that with football. And that's awesome stuff. It's um, just pairing the two things together. It's almost like creating this new sort of subculture. Mm. And, that's, and that's, that, that's exactly the thing. Like, football's going that way and you see people I know people these days that don't even like football and they're wearing those retro kits that we talked about just and it's, they're so cool yeah they're, they're hipsters you know yeah they think they're cool wearing a retro England shirt during the World Cup talking of what you were saying um, talking about what you were saying about um, on FIFA and how different people have kits you got um, you know the band Jungle they have their own yeah. kit in that you can get um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then another charity which just got in their kit. My, my mate, um, Harry, was working on the design for it. Um, mm. The guy who's giving us the 4G so we can make this interview happen. Legend. <laughs> um, he's, uh, he um, worked on the kit for Common Goal. Um, and Common Goal is a charity which encourages footballers, again, about the money, um, encourages footballers um, to donate 1% of their earnings to charity. Um, people are in this and people like uh, like Wan Matt is a, is a big advocate for it he's part of the scheme um, and the kit is actually in FIFA as well I think you can download it but it's a pretty cool project having a kit that you've designed in FIFA yeah absolutely goal, really good stuff what they're doing I just looked it up that's a cool kit as well that's <laughs> with a... the weird sort of thing that kind of it goes up and down like joins joins together yeah you mean the one with the blue the, the blue sort of looks like a V but it's like a this one. <laughs> yeah, that's what he designed. That's amazing. Yeah. Love it. Love it. We should do a football kit design with him. Football kit podcast with him. Oh, hey. yeah. We'll I mean, he knows nothing about football, which is probably why I was asked to do it. Oh. Keep <laughs> <laughs> that in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Wait, so, does he, does he look like, so he doesn't like football. He doesn't support a football team. He just does a kit. He tolerates football because he lives with me. Nice. Nice. I like um, it. He's getting better. The World Cup helped him. Um, I think he was looking forward to Love Island being on there more than watching the entire World Cup. Um, he was always waiting for that World Cup, that Love Island to come on after, which fine. But he watches all the rugby, so he's mad into his rugby. He's Cornish. Yeah, he maybe nothing to go on down there other than the sea and rugby and the occasional scrumpy. 
Maybe we won't have him on the podcast. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've probably shown you the best programs that I have collected. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of any more um, kind of story to talk about. We've spoken about the zines. No, that's, I mean, that's really cool. I think, I think we've really covered it. And I love, I could again talk about it for ages. I'm sure we'll do, do it again or we'll talk about it in person. Um, but what do you think, if, if I was designing a, a football program or uh, a fanzine, whatever it may be, um, what, what do you think that they're missing these days? What do you think that the, the, the trick is to keep them so useful? I almost think that they're not missing anything. They've just got too much. Right. There's just so much going on within them. You don't know where to start. Um, it's like, realistically, how much time have you got to read it before again? I think my dad takes home his programmes and reads them. Um, but if they were cheaper, a lot more lo-fi, um, a bit like the single piece, um, single staple sort of thing, um, I think that that would do a lot for it in general. Obviously, getting rid of as much advertising as possible, of course, adverts fund a football, um, a, a football zine, fund football programmes in general. Um, probably and football clubs funds football clubs um if <laughs> as little as that as possible really and keep it all about the voice of the fans um and what they want to hear um or if you're a villa fan what you don't want to hear which is the truth <laughs> a lot of the time anyway <laughs> um but yeah um and just be being really being trying to create something that makes people stop and be like is that a football program or is that a, a book that should be in, in a museum <laughs> yeah yeah um, not doing the expected and just just not cramming information and trying to please everyone because pleasing everyone is only going to give you one of those glossy fa cup final magazines when really what you want is one person like john elvin making the whole season <laughs> with his mate <laughs> yeah. and then you get that one streamlined visual style coming through boldly and strongly and um consistently um, and only then are you gonna only then you're gonna make something amazing I think the reason he actually um, stopped working so John Alvin worked for Coventry for one or two seasons I believe um, and he actually got the accolade of a DNAD he won a DNAD award um, I think it was in its inaugural year as well like a few years into DNAD so super early on um, Mark's uh, sister I think or brother or sister has the original wood pencil as well that he won the yellow pencil that he won, which is just mad. Um, it's probably real. It's probably a real pencil and works or something. Um, so it's prestigious design award anyway, which still exists today, DNAD. Um, yeah. So he won that for the designs of those, um, for the sky blue ones, so such as that uh, Bayern Munich um, program design, which is just insane. It's unheard of today. Like who would win a football program? Who would win an award for a, a, like a major worldwide design award? accolade for designing football programs he was doing something seriously good and something that seriously got under the radar for too long after that he went to chelsea his oh no so after that he went to west brom um where he also won program design of the year instantly um he made this really wide format design again you can tell it's a similar sort of style to what he's doing with the dark um high contrast imagery for Coventry um, and then the dark high conscious imagery it was his style that's what that's how he that's how he rolled um, and instantly this this program became a hit with fans um, controversially oh, you like this sorry Leeds fans <laughs> um, 
controversially, the price of um, this program went up for, from one shilling to two shillings, which um, scared a lot of people, but price, quality is price, he said. Yeah. Um, and then after that, after he was working at, um, after he was working at, um, in the Midlands Club, so Coventry and West Brom, um, he came back down to London and moved back down to Hammersmith and worked for his lifelong club who had supported Chelsea. Um, and he he produced um, a number of programmes for a season for them, um, one of which was this, again, high contrast, lovely lad yeah. uh, with his um, prestigious typography. So they're playing Plymouth, whose nickname are the Pilgrims. Um, like really big spreads. He also did this design for a game against Wolverhampton Wanderers. And... Most people will be thinking, ah, oh, he just, you know, copped onto the ball. He painted the football, he yeah. photographed the football, and then he got it onto this, he somehow produced it, got in here, but, you know, no. this is when... There's no multiply filter in those days. <laughs> it definitely wasn't, it was called paint. And you go, you go outside and you buy it and you bring it back to your, uh, your flat. Um, but yeah, obviously, adverts starting to sneak in. They are, sl they are slightly um, on brand, which is cool um, for Chelsea. That's good, yeah. About to get yeah. a little bit more, and I think you know it all. It all kind of goes content heavy from there. Um, but after that, he went on and worked for the Radio Times, which back then was an incredibly uh, respectable job, especially mm -hmm. as a designer doing what they were doing. And um, after that, didn't work in football programs again, other than the occasional flitter with the odd, the odd one occasionally. There was like a cup game, you might do a special occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, I believe anyway. Um, I think I've got a Chelsea one, which was a special. But after that, no, he, he did essentially four seasons. And for me, John, Al John Alvin changed the face of football programs forever and inspired a good 10 years of design movement, which for, for too long has gone unchampioned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Uh, maybe we should try, try and bring it back, you know. Like the T-shirts that we're talking about, like like maybe the fanzines, and if there are any football design uh, program cover designs or football program designs out there listening to this, and yeah, let's bring it back. Let's make a revolution. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, what like uh, closing words and like closing the last few questions? Um, I think I'm going to save. I think I'm going to save my last two questions for when we do the proper podcast. Well, not the proper podcast, but we do this one about your story rather than just football programs. Because oh, yeah, okay. um, they're important. You're actually going to do one on me. Yes, do it. I'm happy to do that. I, I find it really, honestly, I find it really interesting how you got how like the whole GB, GBH things and how, how it was all going to work um, and how you got the job. And, and just that'd be inspiring to someone who wants to work at a big London agency. So, um, so yeah, I'm sure it'll help. But okay, for the last bit of what, the last one, what is it your best bit of advice for football program designers? I think my piece of advice would actually be to the people who hire the football program designers um, and to position that role because it's an important role. It's seen by 40,000 fans once or twice a week um, you know, at a big club. Football programs, you know, if you, if, if, you pee, if, you get, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. That's kind of the, the saying. Um, Maybe it's, maybe it's not that, to be honest. I think my advice would be to employ people 
who care and are from that kind of part of the community um, or people who support the club are going to instantly be more behind football programmes in general. Um, I think the people who are in charge of football programmes need a rethink of why they might not be selling as well as they are, um, why, why they have done in previously. Obviously, right now, um, digital is a very important um, part of life. Like most things we get, we want digital versions of them. The Independent stopped being a print newspaper because it's gone digital. Um, at least it did for a bit. Um, you know, the world is going digital, but a football programme offers a portal into, you know, this. you, you step into the stadium, you open your programme and suddenly you're in this portal and all your all your problems that you had outside of, of, of those, um, those four um, stadium walls go away when you open the programme and you start to immerse yourself in this. This is your introduction to the game. It's your halftime entertainment, um, and it should be designed to be part of that experience, um, and not something that's going to benefit somebody else who's not even at the game. Long-term game money, money interests. You yeah. stay humble. Solid advice. Absolutely love it. Where can people find you and and uh, follow your page on social media and keep up to the latest with amazing football designs, football program designs? That'd be incredible. Please do follow um, at one underscore shilling. Check us out. They're not that price anymore, but you know, with your help, they could be. Um, T-shirts, hopefully, making them available. Zines will be available very soon. Um, raising money up for Alzheimer's, um, Alzheimer's um, footballers with Alzheimer's, um, which is a problem that's developed since the 70s and early parts of football. Footballers finding the effects of it now, um, and also Huntington's disease, which is the disease that unfortunately took away uh, John Elvin. Um, too young, stopping him from making probably more wonderful programmes, um, which would have entertained people for, for years to come. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, sharing the passion with someone else and finding someone else that's got as much passion about it, probably more passionate about it than me. So uh, it's, yeah, thank you so much for doing the, the page and everything and inspiring me. So, yeah, thank you very much for being on the show. Anytime. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back when we have a revolution. Even even the next podcast, uh, people listening to this, um, that we'll do a proper. Well, I can keep saying proper podcast. We'll do another podcast with you, Matt, uh, where you talk about how you got your design at GBH and how you got into a bigger design agency um, and your story. So look forward to that. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Really appreciate you listening along. Uh, if you made it all this way, it's fantastic. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the show and, and talking a lot about program designs. And let me know what your favourite program design from this episode was down in the comments below. Have a great day as always, and I'll see you in the next episode.